Welcome to Decoding Two Sides of the System. I'm your host, Trey Fountain. You know, I got my main man with me, Goof, a.k.a. Big Stepper. You know what I'm saying? Bringing in, you know, a guy that helped me in my career, just helped me become a better person. You know, my guy, Coach White. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, Coach, hey, glad to have you here. Beyond excited. You know, I just want you to let you know, introduce yourself, let people know who you are. I appreciate it. Uh, I was just telling one of our one of our uh, assistants before I got in this meeting how excited I was to have this opportunity to speak with you and uh, essentially to give back, right? And uh, I think that there's so much value in that uh, in the positions that uh, that we hold. So a little bit about myself, uh, kind of give a quick rundown. Um, born in Southern California, San Diego, uh, raised in Eugene, Oregon. Um, went to college at Southern Oregon University, uh, played there from 2008 to 2010, uh, played collegiately, um, 2010, 11, um, and then played two more years, no, played professionally 2010, 11, and then, uh, collegiately again, um, 11, 13, uh, from there, uh, got into coaching, uh, where I was fortunate enough to, to coach you at Tacoma Community College. Uh, from 2014 to 2017, um, highlighted by year three when uh, you and some, some teammates, uh, Khalil Wyatt um, and uh, Khalil Thompson, Ravion Bell, uh, you know, led us to a uh, NWAC runner-up finish, um, which was the best finish in, in a long time. So uh, from there, opened up an opportunity at Lane Community College back in my hometown, Eugene, Oregon. Uh, was there for one year uh, as an assistant from 2017 to 18. That was highlighted by uh, the recruitment of Kyler Kelly. Um, went on to play in the NBA uh, Spurs organization, um, now playing professionally. Uh, and then <clears throat> the following year was blessed with the opportunity to become the head coach at Lane Community College. Um, was there for nine months as the head coach. Uh, was blessed with a great staff, a uh, really good um, team, and uh, great success. Uh, ended up finishing 27-4, and four, uh, Southern Region Championship, first championship in 20 years uh, outright. And, uh, again, final four finish. We had the player of the year and some all-conference guys, uh, a few different Division One guys. So um, after that opportunity, uh, this opportunity opened up for me in 2019, um, I came here and joined Coach Ryan Looney as his assistant um, at Idaho State University Division One School at my conference. Yes, sir. And talk heavy, Coach. I mean, you know, you recruited some great players. You know, you got NBA All-Conference, you know, been successful everywhere you went. You know, you got to talk a little heavy on you. I know, you know, the humble, you know. I know folks like beyond, the, you know, the competitive and passionate side, you know, so. I'm going to let you make it. I'm going to let you make it. But due to Coach White's time, we're going to kind of switch it up this time and uh, just being respectful. I'm going to try to get the best content I can for you guys just to help you guys. So, Coach, got a great question for you. What do you guys require out of student athletes? I think the first thing is the academic side. Um, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. You know, we, we require that our guys – are not only committed to, um, you know, the, the life as a basketball player. Um, but when you say student athlete, the reality is the student part comes first, 
right? And so the importance of the academics and maximizing your opportunities academically um, while getting to play basketball, right? I think uh, the biggest thing I could say is it's pretty simple. If you don't handle your academics, you don't get to play basketball, right? And um, it it starts in high school, um, you know, when if you're if you don't meet a, a certain GPA requirement or pass a certain amount of classes, you're deemed academically ineligible. Mm-hmm. But what happens is uh, oftentimes uh, they find a way to, to continue to help high school players um, reach the minimum requirements, right? So you don't see academically ineligible kids near as often at that level. Um, but then you get to the collegiate level where uh, their resources are, are even greater. However, the the academic standard is much higher, right? And, uh, you know, whether it's at the the junior college level or any four-year level, um, it's really clear. If you don't meet the academic requirements, you don't play. And there's no way around that. So um, I would say, you know, the academics, um, the basketball side, you know, we – we have a very uh, a committed staff um, led by our head coach, Ryan Looney. Um, you know, uh, Coach Rosby Mutcherson came here from Cleveland State, uh, won a uh, Horizon League championship there, went on to play in the national tournament. Um, we also have Coach Davis Furman here. Uh, he was at Butler University for four years. All four years he was there, there in the national tournament. From there, he went on to Point Loma Nazarene, uh, Division Two in Southern California, uh, helped Ryan Looney take his team to the uh, national championship game, finished runner-up. So um, I think the requirements are, are fair, but I do think that they are um, set with a high standard, right? We expect our guys to do really well academically, uh, attend class daily. You know, there's punishment for uh, guys that don't uh, – make it to class on time or, or uh, make it to class period. Uh, luckily, you know, we're recruiting more and more guys that uh, understand our vision and are uh, doing a better job of taking that stuff more serious and, and committing to everything, both academically and athletically. For sure. And uh, I want to get into something different that uh, not a lot of people really talk about, but it's something that you stress a lot. And uh, it's an attention to detail thing. How important is film? But I don't think the young players understand that, you know, I think they go out there and talent-wise, you know, they're yeah. great. But when you start breaking stuff down and you're able to break down uh, people go-to moves or what a team likes to, uh, like to do, you know. So, you know, break yeah, down, you know, no, I, uh, I love this stuff right here. I think this <laughs> is uh, extremely important. Um, sure. And the better the preparation and attention to detail, uh, oftentimes the greater the success. Um, so our, our staff takes great pride in the amount of, um, preparation that we put in, right. Uh, for me, uh, it's nice because now I'm a part of a staff that, uh, everybody is putting forth their best effort and, and I don't know, Coach and, White. And, hey, <laughs> all night you'll be up studying, bro. You don't have a page report on what to Hey, man. Go ahead, though. My bad, Coach. No, you're good. I would say nothing has changed in that regard. Um, you know, my, my thought is that uh, by being around people that are even better than I am, uh, it's helped me get better at my craft. Um, right? I would say the time commitment's the same, but the, the detail itself and, and 
um, the level of, of expertise has been raised, right? So um, <clears throat> to answer your question a little bit more uh, direct, yes, it's easier at the lower levels, uh, high school in particular, um, to go out and just win strictly off of talent, right? Like hey, our team's more talented. We're just going to go out and, and run it up on you and win, you know, whatever, 100 to, to 96, right? Yeah. But as you go up in levels and the preparation gets better and, and the attention to detail gets better and the coaching gets better and the players get better, everything matters. And so with everything matter, like with everything mattering, it's, it's something that's really important that um, you're able to provide as a staff, your, your players with um, great details so that you can help them have an advantage, right? That way, if, a player of ours is very similar to a player on another team. We are working to make sure that our preparation gives our player the advantage over theirs, right? Whether it's breaking down their primary, their primary moves, breaking down their secondary moves. Um, a lot of this is analytic based, right? Understanding um, due to numbers uh, and film combined, what opponents are going to do and when. Very good. Uh, very good. I'm glad. And I'm really glad you're talking about this because this is something that I try to explain to the younger players that try to talk to me about basketball and something I tell them all the time. Very talented, you know, but if you don't study the game, know where your teammates are, when you're driving, know their go-to, when they get them the ball, just being a point guard like you, you know, you, you're cheating yourself, you're cheating the game. Sure. For sure. I think, you know, to piggyback off that, I think uh, – you know, something that happens at an earlier age is, you know, um, the the level of maturity isn't necessarily where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not calling out anyone in particular. I'm simply saying at a younger age, it's harder to be more mature than guys at an older age, right, that have had more experience and uh, have played more games and had more seasons and, and that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, one thing when I was a head coach, like uh, really emphasizing to your, to your family uh, and to your team the importance of the film room, right? The importance of the attention to details and, and making it clear to them that we can only grow as much as our family allows, right? So if everyone's hard-headed and stubborn and, and not willing to receive the content that's being provided, it's only going to um, hurt us in, in our growth, right? So if we can all put our egos aside and we can receive the message regardless of the delivery, right? Listening to the content and the details of what's being shared, then it not only helps the individual do better, but because the individual is doing better, it helps our team do better. So really important. Really important. Let's go to this next one uh, about social media. Social media, as we know, is running the world now. Everything's on phone. You know, you have your Twitter, you have your Instagram. I've been uh, emphasizing uh, just to the young kids and young players to please watch what you post on social media. You can't be arguing with people. I tell them all the time, even the music you post, you don't want music that's not clean just on your Instagram when you're trying to get recruited or please explain to them coaches I have the source you know about social media to get back to the uh, just to the younger you know basketball players yeah um, you know I think you know my biggest thing uh, is just making it very clear it can take one social media post or engagement 
to cost you your collegiate career or opportunity. So if you don't use social media to the best of your abilities and with the most educated approach possible, it can hurt you more than help you. Now, where it can really help you is the fact that we're doing a lot of recruiting nowadays off of social media and highlights and, um, you know, different footage that we're able to be, um, you know, presented with uh, online, right? So we're coaches all over America. They're scrolling up and down different social media outlets and and working um, working hard, right? Now, that being said, uh, the easiest way for me to, you know, check somebody off our list on social media is somebody that's using provocative language, um, somebody that's uh, posting inappropriate stuff, um, somebody that's, you know, here's one that people don't realize. They may not be posting it, but if you like something, let's say on Twitter, for example, which is the most utilized social media for college basketball right now, you don't have to retweet something or comment on it for it to, to really be seen. If you simply like something and then roll, you know, onto the next tweet, it shows up on the news feed of what Trey Fountain has liked. Right? So, it, you know, it, not that you're doing it or anyone else or Coach White has liked, right? Like, it's seen for everybody. And if you're liking stuff that we don't feel is appropriate to represent our program, uh, it's easy for us to move in a different direction. And I would say that's probably uh, the case for a lot of different programs, right? Wanting to really monitor what their uh, what their audience is, is uh, utilizing social media for. Sure. And I pose that's a great, great example and a great breakdown. And that's something that I carry myself with on Twitter. You know, I don't like stuff. I don't, I do it all because now I'm in a podcast game. I understand the importance of how I have to move and understand what comes with that. You know, I try to tell people all the time, you think they're not watching you. If you're talented, they're watching you. It could be a post that literally they looked at your page. They see you like something that's like, okay, no, not him. No, it's, it, and it's that quick. And this is not coming from me. This is from a head recruiter at a Division One program. Please take in the information seriously. You know, like this is, you know, it's not a game. For sure. And um, let's go. I want to go to this one because this is a this is a great one. What gets your attention when you're recruiting? A lot of players think, I, I see coaches here. I got to go for 40. I got to go for 50. 50, not even understanding that sometimes you guys recruit people that score 28, that's 6'6", and you're 5'11", you know, maybe, maybe you can score, but it's like, okay, now, if you get here and you see a monster that can do everything you can do at 6'5", 6'6", you kind of, you know, you got, you got to be realistic about the role you're going to get, because it's not always about the talent and what you can bring, it's about the role you bring to a team that makes life. So, you know, I think that, uh, that that's really important, uh, you know, in understanding your role and being willing to embrace it. Uh, I think for me, uh, recruiting ha- has always been maybe a little bit uh, different for me, but I've always had a very clear vision uh, of what it is that I'm recruiting, right? Whether it was as an assistant or as a head coach um, or now back to an assistant, um, 
you have to recruit, in my opinion, um, to, to your system, right? So if you're, uh, you know, running gun and you need a certain type of player for that, that's what you're looking at recruit. Right, if you're, uh, you know, a half court based offensive defensive team, and need guys that are are significantly better in one area offensively than than another, uh, then you're looking to recruit towards that. But I think, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, when we go in the gym, like we already know who we're watching, uh, and now that doesn't mean that we're not open to other players but the reality is the work's been done so that we're prepared as a program whenever we walk into a gym we're going to watch somebody in particular so we can get a very thorough evaluation of that individual right things that that are being looked for when we're watching right is this guy a winner flat out like this game is really less complicated than people make it. at the end of the day the objective is to win the game of basketball Right? Is that simple? Yes, sir. Does the individual help our program win or not? Right? And if you're already winning, does this program get elevated by the addition of this specific individual? Or does he keep us at the level that we're at? Right? Because you can't afford to stay where you're at if you're not at the top. Right? If you're someone that's anywhere but the top, you have to be continuing to get guys that elevate your program, right? So first things first, we're looking for guys that um, help us help us win games. We're looking for guys that make winning plays, right? My favorite play in the game of basketball is a charge. Okay, I think that's the most unselfish act uh, that is possibly done in basketball. I think you're sacrificing your body for the sake of your team. Um, it's just the most special play for me. So looking for guys that make winning plays, right? Take charges, help side blocks, communicating, um, you know, playing hard at all times, making the extra pass, um, attacking the glass, like, you know, doing all different types of things that may not show up on paper, but that are helping your team win, right? Guys that are coachable. If you're a guy that's talking back, not a chance, right? If you're a guy that's acting up, not a chance. Um, we have to look at it as as a puzzle, right? And how can each individual uh, be pieced together in this puzzle to help everything come together and help us elevate our program year after year? Thank you, Coach. That's, that's going to help a lot of kids out. So I want to jump onto the, just the coaching side. You know, you have been through a lot of things coaching. We're running down on time, so I kind of want to give you know advice to the young coaches out there. So uh, the mental process, coach, you have to pick up and go when different opportunities arise. You know, like when you when you get the call to okay, well, I got Lane now. I'm a head coach. You know, regardless if you're at home, you're living in Tacoma. Now you gotta go. You know, now you know you worked your way, did a great job, and now you know you're at Idaho State. So like, okay, you know, the mental part of that is like, you know, I want you to explain it to the coaches. You know what to expect. Yeah, I think you know I had it shared with me uh, early on in my career that uh, you know, in quote. Uh, 
it's never the right Ooh, time. You know? And I didn't understand that early on. I was just like, man, now God will present the right situation, the right time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there's always something going on, right? And so, um, you know, for example, uh, you know, my third and final year in Tacoma Community College with you guys, uh, you know, coming off that championship game, knowing, uh, you know, we, we had a very talented group of freshmen that were returning uh, a very talented recruiting class that had signed to come play for us uh, so in my mind being hungry thinking uh, the possibility of returning and going and winning this championship next year right sour taste in our mouth uh, that route but when a better opportunity is presented uh, you always in my opinion have to evaluate your situation and really get a clear understanding of what's important for you, right? And so for me, uh, it's really simple. Whether I was at Tacoma, whether I was at Lane as the head coach, now at Idaho State, um, my biggest thing is, is just always giving everything a thorough evaluation and understanding what's best for me, what's best for my family, and what's best for my future, right? And if something checks those boxes, it shouldn't be an over-thought-out process, right? Like, if it's what's best for you and your future, your family's supportive, and you know it's what you need to do for maybe your, your personal growth. Or uh, your opportunity uh, to advance in your career, take it, right? Take chances. Um, but with that being said, I would say better yet, take educated chances, right? Um, my biggest thing is never, never being willing to take a lateral move. Uh, in my past, you know, I've I've been in the business just finished year seven. Um, so going on year eight now and just always really working my hardest to try to continue to, um, be the best where I'm, where I'm at. And by doing that, having better opportunities presented to me, I've been really blessed, really fortunate. Uh, some of the people that have, uh, you know, contacted me throughout time to, to help them lead their program, um, really special every opportunity is special uh gotta be grateful you know for every one of them um but just knowing like you know working this way not laterally uh is is really important so take take chances when you have them that are educated opportunities um work your absolute hardest to, to make sure you're a guy that's as hard to replace as possible um Therefore, uh, there's there's great respect left on your name and, and uh, no question about your work ethic or um, the quality of your work. Well, sure. Uh, two more questions. I'm going to let you go. I'm trying to make you run over your time. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I need to uh, give them, give them some uh, the young coaches. You know, man, the young coaches in the game that's just getting started. You know, I know I remember you first got to Tacoma. And I don't know what type of uh, how many years of experience you have, but I, I felt the hunger, I felt the passion, just of the game. You know, 
even just in life, you know, you're, you know, where you wanted to go, you know, like you already had that moment, like, hey, guys, enjoy me, I'm telling you, I'm not going to be here most of the time. Be workouts, take advantage of these 5 a.m. workouts because I'm working on my craft daily and I believe, you know, this is not my ceiling. So, you know, I want to uh, for sure, like, let you tap in and all uh, so just give the young coaches some mental advice on, you know, the coaching game. Yeah. I think, you know, for one, this one right here is uh, close to the vest, right? This one's special for me um, because I do believe that um, if you're living your life right, right, for me, uh, that means taking care of my faith first, taking care of my family, uh, you know, those things, if those things are straight, it allows me to be the best that I can be on a daily basis, right, because I know God's got me, I know my family's got me, um, and that's all I need, right, so that I'm able to come here and put my best foot forward daily. What I would say to to young coaches is um, refuse to be outworked. And the reason I think that's so important is because uh, there are a lot of things that are out of our control, right? How tall we are, how fast we are, um, those type of things. My thing is control the controllables, right? Take advantage of your opportunities and Try to maximize every single situation you're in, everyone, whether it's an individual workout, whether it's a scout, whether it's a, a talent evaluation of a recruit, whether it's a conversation, you know, an opportunity to have a conversation with a, a mentor or, or, you know, your head coach or, or someone in administration. Always do your best to maximize every opportunity, right? Be respectful. Treat your janitor the same way that you treat your athletic director and the CEO of your business, right? Um, for me, uh, I'm a big respect guy. Treat everyone with the same love and respect, right? Regardless if they can help you or not. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Do it because you know that that's who you want to be, right? So um, I would say refuse to be outworked. I would say, um, you know, spread love in every situation that you're in. Take care of your people. Um, but really try to put yourself in, in positions where uh, you can really uh, advance you know, uh, a program and help to the best of your abilities, which therefore helps the program. So, Trey, if you have anything like you want to follow up in regards to that, um, any specific details? Remember, uh, I have a lot. I have a lot, but I don't want to be time consuming. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. I have some technical difficulties on my thing. And one thing about me, coaches, I respect people's time. I know you have a million things to do. I know you guys are preparing for a season. So, uh, for sure, like, you know, later, as I get a couple more episodes in, I'll have you back on. Trust me. I'll be called. I'll be watching during the year. But uh, I, I kind of want to get into this next one, which is very important because uh, you, you said things on uh, family, you know, and respect, and that's some of the things that I matter just me. That's why. I don't really want to go into detail because I want to go. You, you're like my family as always. But I do respect, you know, where you are and how, how you put in the work. And I would never want to step on that. You know? so, yeah, for sure. For sure, Coach. Uh, 
Oh, you need to let them know just a little bit about your journey. You know, like I said, uh, I remember a conversation we had first off. You know, I told you some things about my mom, and you told me yep. something about your dad. You know, about uh, I'll never forget it. You said you had your dad ashes, you know, to your chest. You know, with uh, the tattoo you had. Sorry, ladies and stuff. We're not. He's not showing his tattoo. No, he's not doing none of that. You know, but uh. No, I really just, you know, just, just the journey of where you come from, you know, uh, yeah. from your home and just how how uh, you know, it it has impacted you to get here. Yeah. Break it down. Uh, that's, you know, that's a really, really good one. Um, you know, my my parents were, were incredible. Uh, you know, and, and I can't uh, you know, thank God enough for them. Uh, my father instilled in our in our family, uh, you know, hard work and, and dedication, uh, commitment, and sacrifice uh, since day one. Right. So uh, his thing was growing up. He was a seasonal worker, so he, you know, living in an area in the Pacific Northwest that was, you know, filled with a lot of rain. Um, in the uh, in the fall and in the winter, uh, those were, were seasons where he had to go work in Southern California so that he could work year round because he was a cement mason. Excuse me. And so uh, I remember growing up, like uh, just knowing, like, man, pops sacrificing his family time uh, to make sure that he puts us in the best position possible. Right. And every time he would be calling home, checking up on us. Uh, daily, making sure that we're being respectful uh, to mom, make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're loving each other as siblings, right? Just always preaching the right message um, and making sure that we knew, hey, like, pops is working hard uh, so we can continue to have the best life possible, right? Um, and, and mom was a stay-at-home mom for the most part. Um, extremely grateful for that. Uh, and then as we got older, um, you know, the parents, uh, they separated. Uh, it's what they felt was in the best interest of that time. And they did a great job co-parenting us. Uh, you know, we're forever grateful for, for that. Um, but it, 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 of course, brought challenges, right? Uh, you know, dad was uh, then living in, in Southern California. Uh, my brother went to live with him. Uh, my mother was living in, in uh, the Eugene area still, and, and uh, I continued to stay with her, so immediately it caused, uh, you know, division, and uh, it, it was uh, a great learning experience for, for us siblings because, you know, we had to learn how to love from afar, uh, which looking back is great preparation once I had the journey of the road, uh, you know, at 18 years old, um, you know, you start getting used to because of your professions and what not only see in your family, uh, maybe once a year, right? Or twice a year, really lucky. Uh, I don't like that, but I understand that, right? So for me, uh, it allows me to continue to, to love on my family from afar, continuing to try to be a bridge for people at all times and keep people connected and loving and, and, uh, and blessed, man. So, uh, yeah, parents split up, uh, dad was spent my small stay at home mom. Uh, there was five of us siblings. There are now four, uh, lost our, our oldest brother Guillermo in uh, 2010. Uh, shortly after that, lost my father. So, uh, the loss of my, my brother and my father in the same year was the challenge. The largest challenge I've ever had to deal with, um, but uh, I think they're both in a in a better place, right? Pain free, 
and uh, got their feet kicked up, living a good life, but, you know, so uh, all good there. But, uh, you know, my mother's still uh, still very uh, present. Uh, the other siblings are very, very present in our life. And, uh, you know, my, my beautiful wife, Sidra, is, uh, you know, due October 20th. Um, so our family is so excited about that. <laughs> yep, our family is extremely excited about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, everything's good, man. Living our best life, living our chapter here in Pocatello, Idaho, working for great leadership under Ryan Looney, um, and with great, you know, co-workers in, in uh, Davis Bergman and Rosby Butcherson and uh, Austin Daines. Um, no complaints here, man. Just uh, trying to be the best we can be, Trevor. Sure, and uh, this is the last two I got for you, bro. Last two, we're winding down on time. So, first off, for all the people that's out there, you know, everybody's journey is different, and everybody goes through different things, you know. We kind of base our life on how we live as far as, you know, Coach does his on respect, you know. Trust, loyalty, family. It's kind of like my base. You know, that's how we connect it. But it goes to show you that every journey in life, no matter how hard it is, can lead you to a point if you truly believe in yourself and put in the work. You know, the work comes first. So. And then this story, man, you're hearing all the things he went through with his dad, losing his brother, as you know, the biggest part of just his family splitting up and he's able to be where he's at now, you know, in his coaching game. So for young coaches and the players, man, like we can really achieve anything. You know, we just gotta put in the work and believe in That's right. Man, we got we're doing this last question, coach, then I just got some quick hitters for you. Like 10 second hitters and then we're done. All right, uh, what advice do you have to the kids and coaches who are very talented but don't have the media, you know, the underdog, the people that you know want to be in the position you're in or trying to grind to get in your position, but they feel like they're not getting the looks or they feel like they deserve better. Yeah, I would say uh, if you think you deserve better, then go earn it. Like it's, uh, you know, so much of this life uh, is perspective, right? And uh, the only things that matter are what you make matter. So, if something's really important for you, then you should be dedicating your time to it, right? And if you see peers that are achieving the goals that you're um, after, or if you see peers that are earning opportunities that, that you're after, if what you're doing is not working, you need to switch something up, right? Don't be afraid to change. And, you know, constantly knowing like, hey, if, if I want something, I have to go get it, right? Nothing is owed to me, right? I am going to go out and earn everything that I want, right? Whether it's earning respect, whether it's earning trust, whether it's earning opportunities, uh, or earning relationships, right? All of those type of things. Uh, I would say that don't get discouraged, right? Don't allow hard times to discourage you. Don't allow lack of opportunities to discourage you. Go out and get what you want, right? Put yourself in a position uh, where you're vulnerable, but you're able to grow and you're able to prove that you're deserving of where you're at or you're deserving of more. The best thing you can do is be the best you can be 
or your feet are today. Okay. So don't get discouraged about hard times or lack of opportunities. You want more, go get more. Nothing is OT. You want to go get it and uh, take care of your people. Network. Networking is very important. Don't think, you know, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't network and, and, and just everything's going to fall into place. No, networking's part of it. As a player, as a coach, as an individual, as a professional, uh, networking is part of the game. So I would say, you know, being really strategic and uh, open uh, to, to new relationships and taking care of your people. Sure. Great words. Great. You all hear this? This is like that. I'm, t- I'm telling y'all, I told y'all, the podcast is going to really bring out some great tools for you just in life and just to help you achieve your dreams. Like, it's episode one, man. Coach White, thank you. All right, we got some quick hitters. Top five coaches in the game. We talking NBA game. We talking NBA game. I know you're in the college level. I ain't trying to study. You got a lot of different relationships. You know, none of them problems. Uh, I'm gonna say, so you knew what you were, Coach Pop. I think Popovich, uh, you know, is, is the greatest coach. <laughs> Pop Warren, are, are we going? Are we going in your order, all time, or, or right now? I, I mean, we can go all time. We can go all time. I, I want top five, though. You know, I got, I got to act smart. I got to in order. So it's Pop. No, no, no. Pop, Pop. I think uh, you know. He, uh, in terms of current coaches, uh, right, current coach. well, let, let's go. Let's go. Top five current. Okay. Top five current. Let's go. Um, Okay. You know, I, I like uh, a lot of a lot of these different coaches are are really good. I will go. Uh, I would sir, yes, sir, we got him. Come on, D five. Hey, you got just quick hitters. Come on, I need it. Yeah, you got fifteen seconds. Come on, I just, I just need five. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you out of here. I just need to know. I know you love the game. I'm like, I got Let's go top. Let's go top three. Top three. Give me top three. Top three. I'm gonna go uh, because you got all these people. Pop. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Kerr, and uh, I like Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. I thought you was gonna go Eric Spoelstra. Okay. You know, by the two would be Doc Rivers and Spoelstra. All right. Second one. Top five. Dream players to coach currently in the NBA right now. Uh, I would say top five dream players to coach currently in the NBA right now would be. Steph Curry. Uh, I would say uh, LeBron James. Uh, I, I would say. Kevin Durant. Mm. I like uh, it. I would say uh, Luca. Ooh, that's a, I, I knew you was going to say Luca. I know. You see the game? That, yeah, I knew you. Uh, and I would say uh, my fifth one is going to be Chris Paul. Chris Paul. My favorite player. See? Great mind. 
Great mind. Great mind. Man, listen, this is the last uh, last part of the segment. And on this show, we're going to always give flowers. You know, I call this the giving flowers segment. First off, Coach, I want to thank you so much for just coming on the show. I want to thank you for your journey and you helping me, a young kid in Louisiana, you know, just play basketball. But you also taught me. You know, things that I bring with me now as far as my work ethic, as far as being vulnerable, as far as putting myself out there, just believing in my mission. You know, I want to tell you that a lot of the things that I do on social media on how I carry myself, not liking, not reposting bad things, you know, that's something that I got for you. And that's something that I want to make sure you know for sure detailed as we go forward that I would never put in jeopardy because you came on my show, me doing some dumb stuff or reacting for anything. You know, like, I truly appreciate your time. I truly appreciate just, you know, the person you are as far as, you know, family. Just, you know, being a dad, being a new dad, saying how your dad was important to you. You know, I just want to, this is no, I'm trying to break this mold of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, sometimes we talk, but we don't never get to, you know, because you, either you're doing something, I'm doing something. But I want to make sure everybody that come over here, like, I let them know how I feel personally. Just give them their flowers. Great coach. I tell you, every time I talk to you, I cannot wait to get your own program. I know State, not saying nothing. I a great coach. He's on the great staff. I love, I love you guys, head coach. You know, I do my research on everybody. I love the whole staff. It's me personally, I just can't wait till you're able to walk in, you know, your own shoes and have a Division One program because I know what it truly means to you to be in the light. So, for sure, coach. Thank you so much. A little trash talk for the end, though. My guys at MU, listen, hey, hey. Hey, so I know you're going to be very humble here, but I heard y'all messed up. I heard y'all shouldn't have scheduled them. You know, I'm hearing that this is their best team they had in the minute, and y'all defensive things. You know, they got a, somebody that led the nation in scoring last year by the name of Zach Richardson. I heard his shoes is going to be very late. Um, the guy that retweeted the uh, question for Smith, I heard he thought, I'm just telling you what I was told, Coach. You know, I ain't trying to start no rip and then I'm just, hey, um, I got to be the messenger in the bridge. You know, I like to talk a little trash. So, you know, I heard I heard that, that they going to be ready. And uh, just quite frankly, y'all made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, hey. Like I said, October, I think it's October 30th. You know, I'll be redoing this clip yeah. after the highlights come out and stuff because they was talking. Hey, they was talking heavy because I was like, I don't think you understand how competitive you know, Coach White is. I don't think I should come on here. But, hey. It was a, I love it. Really like I love it. it. I love the energy. Uh, I appreciate uh, you know, the confidence that each individual has. Very humble response. I want to thank them for engaging in what you're doing. And thank you for all of your time. I thought, no surprise at all, man. Very prepared. And um, just respectful and just the same man today, um, you know, that I recruited seven years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, want people to know uh, that you were the point guard uh, that led us uh, to that junior college uh, runner-up finish. So um, thank you, uh, 
I thank you for everything. You are family. Uh, I love you. I'm supportive. Uh, you've made me very proud and I uh, look forward to running it back in the future. Yes, sir. For sure. Thank you, coach. Thank you for your time. Yep. And I appreciate you again. For sure.